welcome to today's video game archives the podcast hey everybody welcome to today uh wednesday or thursday uh september 20th um yeah so another week has gone by and another podcast is here all right well there's a lot of things that happened in the video game news over the past week uh sorry if my voice sounds different um i have a cold this week so uh unfortunately uh yeah so let's get on uh, a lot of things to talk about we'll get right into it uh first for the people that are watching on youtube uh i've switched up things a little bit uh with a monitor next to me to display the things i'm talking about so for you people that uh watch me on youtube let me know if uh, you like this format better than the past and for the people on the podcast hasn't really changed for you guys um except i'm here all right Let's get talking. So I guess uh, the big announcement happened yesterday. The PlayStation Classic. So that is probably the most surprising, but yet non-surprising at the same time. Um, We knew it was going to happen. I didn't think it'd be happening this soon. Um... Mostly because Nintendo is only up to Super Nintendo. They haven't even tried to put N64 games on a mini yet. And it looks like PlayStation's going ahead with it. Um, so it's kind of a little surprising that they've already got jumped out of the gate. It is convenient that, uh, you know, you're going to get 20 PlayStation 1 games in one spot. But for $100? I... I don't know if that's a good deal. Like, the PlayStation Network has plenty of PS1 games. And if you bought 20 of them, wouldn't that cost $100 too? So, is it worth buying it on a separate device? I know you could say the same thing about the NES Classic, $60 um, for 30 games. Couldn't you just bought that for... uh, for um what three dollars or two dollars a game no i don't i think most of those games are still going for five to ten dollars so i feel like there's a bigger value right there um so i don't know to me it's cool that it's going to be in one little device but if i could just buy most of those ps1 games on my playstation 4 it's not it's not a value to me I don't think uh, I do like the way it looks but a hundred dollars still I still even though the games are longer uh, maybe more in depth than Super Nintendo and NES games are a um, hundred dollars is a lot yeah I just I don't see I want one, obviously. Who doesn't? Um, I just don't see where it's actually worth its value. $5 a game is a lot. Um, And it's not like you can pick and choose your titles. So you have to hope all 20 games are titles you like. So far, they've only announced five. Final Fantasy VII, Tekken 3, Wild Arms, Jumpin' Flash, Ridge Racer, 
and type 4. That I already own 7. I don't really care about Tekken 3. Wild Arms, uh, I believe I own that one too. Jumping Flash, never played. Ridge Racer, I've never been a really huge fan. So right there, out of the five games they've announced, two out of five is all I like. So I mean, if you scale that up, what are you saying? I'm going to like eight out of the 20 games, and I'm paying $100 for it. Yeah, uh, that doesn't seem that doesn't seem like it's worth it to me. It's I don't know. It just seems uh, it seems overpriced. Where if I could buy 20 PS1 games I actually want. Um, that I actually want on the, for the PlayStation Network. And use a controller very similar to that of the... Of the same controller. It's not really like... I can see with the NES Classic is like, Well, you don't want to play it on the Switch. You want to play it on the Classic. Because the controllers are very similar. So... I can see the advantage. Um, I don't see the advantage of the PlayStation Classic yet. The next games are going to have to be huge and not available on the PlayStation Network, possibly. If half the games aren't available for the PlayStation Network, then I could see I could see it being worth it. Because then at that point you can't buy the games. But if all the games are pretty much available for the PlayStation Network or Steam, I don't know. I don't see it. Now that's just me. Um, I'm still probably going to get it. I know. Unless the games are really, really a turnoff, and then that could persuade me. Um, so we might have to look, revisit this as it gets closer. Um, as of right now, uh, it's supposed to come out for December 3rd, 2018. For $99.99. Um, it comes with two controllers, which is nice. Not analog though. That's a that's a big thing. Um, I know they're trying to keep the cost down, and you don't necessarily need analog for these old games. But I got used to playing them with all my PlayStation controllers, so it's going to be a little weird. I don't. When I think of PlayStation, I never think of the original controller. I think of the DualShock. So, or not the DualShock, but uh, yeah, it's the DualShock with the joysticks. So, yeah, it's cool. Um, hopefully the more details come out and the lineup makes it a better buy. Um, I wish it was more of around the $80 mark. I think that is a better price point. Because um, comp let's compare this to the Sony PlayStation, I mean to the Super NES Classic. Um, yeah, it's a generation behind, technically, if you're looking at the old generation. 
And so far, the five games that they showed, if these are their big five games or some of their more popular ones they're putting on there, I don't think it compares to the uh, to the NES Classic. I know there's a lot of other great games they can put on there. Uh, the one that I would be looking for would be uh, Final Fantasy VIII. Um, but at this moment, it's not even as good as the a later, earlier gen retro console. So, they got some work. Uh, they haven't announced the other 15 games. So, let's just take a second and think about some of the games that could be on there. Um, I would like to see Tomb Raider. I've always been a fan. Uh, not sure which Tomb Raider, whichever one they can get, I guess. Crash Bandicoot, obviously. Final Fantasy VIII, I would love that. Um, that might make it sell for me, but yet again, I'm pretty sure you can get you can get it on PC, but I don't know if you can get it on the PS Network. I've never looked. I see. I, I own these games with the PS One, and I still have a PS Three that plays them. So I've never really felt like, oh man, I wish I could play this in HD on my screen. Now, if it actually up converts the graphics and makes it look better, because I would have to say my PS Three. Final Fantasy VIII does not look good, even through HDMI on my television. Could be because the TV's too big. Um, that's why I still have my PlayStation 2 hooked up to my CRT TV, because it makes sense. All right, let's let's move on. Uh, I can't think of many other PlayStation games that I would like for it. It's one of those things I have to look at like a list of the games in like cover form and be like, oh yeah, I remember that one. Oh, I remember that one. So. We'll have to talk about that as the games come out. Alright. So next up. Hot on the heels of uh, Sony announcing their uh, classic. Sega did not want to be left behind. Unfortunately, in the wrong way or the right way, depending on how you look at it. So Sega announced that they're going to be delaying their Mega Drive until 2019. So a delay, and they're going to release it in all three regions: uh, U.S., Europe, and Japan. Now this was announced on the Japanese Sega Twitter account. So the translation from a lot of uh, news outlets say, you know, it could mean a little bit different things. But they're delaying it until 2019. Now, at first you'd be like, oh, well, way to go, Sega. Another bad move. But, you know, they might have seen they don't want to compete against the PlayStation Classic. Um, which, for Sony's uh, thought, good on them to be like, you know, we don't care if Sega's releasing one. We're going to release the PlayStation. It's better. That's probably what they're thinking, considering their whole idea about cross-platform. But for Sega to actually be like, you know what, let's step away, let's come out sometimes next year. Big move. Uh, the big thing that uh, that I like about the move, uh, according to uh, IGN's article, is that they're now working with a new partner. A new partner, huh? That that is a. That is good, I think. 
We don't know who that partner could be. But it can't be worse than at games version. Because I mean, really, for Sega, this new Mini isn't anything new for them. They've been making a classic Sega Genesis for the last 10 years. The only difference this time is it's smaller. So not really a thing. So how can you get excited for something that's already been out for 10 years? So to come out with a new partner on top of the Mini, that's a big deal. So hopefully the company they choose is good at what they're doing and this will make it more more appealing next year. So now I'm more excited for the Sega Genesis than I was originally. Um, when they first announced it and it was at games saying, oh yeah, we're happy to be working with them and then they took that off their Twitter account. I was like, hopefully that means they're not working with them. And now it looks like it possibly could be. It'd be more awesome if Sega was actually working with Nintendo. <laughs> like, hey Nintendo, can we um, work with your guys about creating the uh, operating system and the emulation and the background and everything and menu system so it can look kind of like yours I know it's a computer it is a uh, a competitor but what if Sega's like you know we'll throw you some games to put on your Switch library you know um, maybe that's why the Genesis uh, Sega just announced the uh, Switch version of their Sega Genesis Classics uh game series i don't know so i think that's a good move um i'm excited to see it come out i'm probably more excited for the genesis than the playstation if the new company is a good company so it's really going to be up to that i guess all right let's uh get into some switch news sorry guys with my lack of energy feels down but uh when you can't breathe it's hard to talk so with the new update for the switch a lot of things has happened over the last two days um first i guess we'll uh talk about how switch owners can now play their games on different consoles so let's say you have a downloadable game and you wanted to play it on another console well if you can log in on that console with your account uh, you can link it to your account and play it on that console as long as you have internet connection um, so there's a lot more details on how it's going to work. You have to have active internet to play it. Uh, the downloadable content. Which makes sense. They don't want you to have two copies of the game on multiple consoles because then your friends could have it. I think it's at least a step in the right direction. The one thing I dislike the most about my 3DS is I have three 3DSs with a bunch of games on them, but only one has them all. The other two, you can't have them on there. If I'm wrong, let me know in the comments, but I don't think I'm wrong. Um, and that's always been annoying. And I've always thought the same thing with the Switch is going to be annoying. If I get a second one, um, how can I play it? 
I hate to have. That's why I don't like to buy physical uh, digital is because I hate having not to be able to switch it over. Uh, so this is a step in the right direction. It would be nice if you're over a friend's house, like, oh yeah, I own that game, we should play it. But it's all the way in my house. I didn't bring my Switch, which is kind of weird at the same time because you think Switch is trying to be mentioned as a uh, portable console, so you probably would bring it with you everywhere if you played it that much. So I guess you don't technically need to be able to have this as a feature because you could just bring your Switch with you, and it's the size that it is, you could just throw it into a little bag and have it with you everywhere. So I guess it's only good for those last minute decisions. Oh, I forgot to bring it, and I forgot to bring my game, but we can download it. So, oh, it has its advantages. It's really a feature that you don't need. It's like a backup what if feature. But on top of that update, Nintendo also launched their Nintendo Switch Online. Um, so now you have to play to play games online. Most of them, anyways. Uh, which makes sense. Xbox does it, PlayStation does it. Why wouldn't Nintendo? finally jump on board I have no gripes about the service for the $20 a month I mean $20 a year it's you get what you get I mean when PlayStation Network first launched it wasn't that good either um, so it's not bad There's not a lot of features to it, but it is only $20 instead of $60 a year like the PlayStation and the um, Xbox Live. I remember when Xbox Live came out? It was not that much to it either. Yes, you know, people are complaining you still can't voice chat, but you couldn't voice chat before they had the online feature. So it's not like they took it away or promised it. Um, I don't mind using the phone. You always have your phone with you anyways. And I think the reason why they did that is they wanted to save the console from using power up portably, maybe? I don't know. It's just speculation. But I'll use my phone. It sits right next to me. Bluetooth headset. I can chat with you. Okay. Skype it. Facebook messages. Whatever your social media thing you use, you know, you can create a group chat and ch chat it up. Um, so for me... The $20, yeah, I'm paying $20 play online now. Okay. Uh, the cool feature is you got a bunch of NES games you can play with it now. Um, the games are some of the best ones they had. It's uh, nothing special. You probably already own all the games. So it's really not... It's really not something that the um, not hardcore Nintendo fan, but you're a decent Nintendo fan person who really likes Nintendo. Probably owns most of these games. You know, Balloon Fight, Baseball, Donkey Kong, Double Dragon, Doctor Mario, Excite Bike, Goose and Goblins, Ghost and Goblins, sorry, Gradius, Ice Climbers, Ice Hockey, Mario Bros. Pro Wrestling, River City Ransom, Soccer, Yoshi, uh, Legend of Zelda, Tennis, Tech Mobile, Super Mario 3, and Super Mario Brothers 1. Uh, surprised to know Super Mario Brothers 2. Now, they all come with a service. Right there. 
9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. 18 games. Sorry, 20 games. 20 games for $20 for the next year if you paid it outright. And you're going to get more games each month. So, I mean, how is that not worth their $20? Especially how you can play with friends who aren't aren't with you anymore. So if you're NES fans who love playing NES games, but you never have the time to have someone come over, if you both have Nintendo Online, you guys can play some baseball, Double Dragon, uh, River City Ransom. Like you're playing couch co-op online. That is awesome. So to me, the Nintendo Online is worth it. It's only going to get better, and it's a step in the right direction, and this revenue that they're getting with it will help them improve it. Um, I hope none of these games ever disappear from the online service. They probably will at some point, but play them now, beat them now, and then just wait for the next month to come out. All right. You can pay monthly or yearly or family plan. I played by the year. So, to me, $20, it's out the door now. I have these games. For the next year, I'll have new games. Um, so, I like it. Alright, moving on. Next topic. Uh, video game companies are still uh, talking about Sony's uh, discussion of cross-play and how they see the next future consoles will have to have an open system and I agree um, but the only way to push that is for developers to be like you know what if you don't want to play ball Sony we're not going to release our game on your console um, especially with the next gen because right now Sony can pull well we have the most if you want to have the most buyers you have to play on a console that's not guaranteed to be like that for the next PlayStation 5 and Xbox 2 if you want to go that route um, just like how PlayStation 3 wasn't the most popular the console before but now playstation 4 is um developers can just right off the door say you know what playstation 5 we're not going to release on you until you make an open system and you know what that may sway people to buy the xbox because they want to have cross play um so you know i'm glad they're saying stuff but actions speak louder than words and hopefully when the next console gen comes out that's when they push sony to play ball hopefully sony plays ball at first and then if they start getting the lead in the market share they're like oh well now we're the head leader so you know we're going to stop cross play so hopefully let's take a little movie break um or i guess tv movie entertainment break so i don't know if you guys are fan a fan um i'm a fan avatar the last airbender Netflix is coming out with a live action version. Now, I'm thrilled for that. That makes me excited. Um, the Last Airbender was a great cartoon, great story, flowed well, great ending. Everything was pretty great about it. Um, enough episodes to really enjoy it and be able to rewatch it and enjoy the individual mini stories in between um now some might be saying do we need avatar the last airbender 
How many people said that when the movie was coming out? Everyone's like, oh, yes, movie, can't wait. And they found out who directed it, and then they watched it, and then it wasn't happy. So I'm wondering if a lot of people like that are just like, do we really need another take on it that might tarnish the Avatar Last Airbender's legacy? Yeah, might as well. Um, you can give a new take, a new spin. Uh, they have the creators from the old show coming back. So, that's a big deal. Um, I think if the show's good, it's going to come back sooner or later. So, you might as well do it when you have the chance to bring the creators of the show on, work on a new take, and maybe envision a new way that the Avatar becomes the Avatar in this show. You don't have to follow the same path. You can have the same characters and the same mission and goal, but the way you get to the end could be completely new and add to a new world, almost like a parallel universe of the Avatar. Um, and Netflix is doing it with Nick Nickelodeon, so hopefully um, I liked a lot of Netflix originals. The only problem is they're doing so many now that quality control it's I hope they just they do it right and they take the time to tell their story because that was the biggest thing with the Avatar The Last Airbender it was all about the story and how they got there the character building how the characters was you felt for these characters um, I hope they do enough episodes per season who knows how many seasons they're going to do but I also hope that they don't go 13 episodes and try to fit the whole season one into 13 episodes of the cartoon. I know they won't. F you don't have to follow the cartoon's route, but if you're trying to get to a certain point, like the show was, don't try to get to that first season done after 13. Maybe you know you aim for this particular event, and you get there your own way in 13 episodes. But don't make it feel rushed because the reason why we love these characters is because the cartoon allowed for them to build on each character. Um, so hopefully, it's good. Yeah, I can't wait. All right, next up. Nintendo Switch is uh, doing a lot of bundles for the holiday. I'm all for bundles. I mean, they're doing a Mario Tennis Aces, Fortnite bundle, uh, a Pikachu bundle, uh, Eevee bundle, Super Smash Brothers bundle. Now, two of those bundles I mentioned, they're doing it right. And this is how I see a bundle. If you're going to do a bundle, the console needs to be themed. I don't just want to buy a box that says, comes with this game, and the console looks exactly like the regular console. I want it to be like the Pokemon bundle or the Super Super Smash Brothers bundle. Uh, for you watch you guys watch on YouTube, you'll be able to see it right here. But when you look at that bundle, you have you know Pikachu themed controllers, Eevee themed controllers, and then Pikachu and Eevee on the little dock. Now that's how it should be. But then you look at something like the Fortnite bundle. 
and you get this basically box that says Fortnite, but the switch itself is just the black switch with the neon red and blue controllers. Okay, so that's it. If you're gonna th if you're gonna throw a bundle, you should have like maybe like the Fortnite guy instead of on the box on the system itself or some type of theme design um, on it so I don't know I, I like the idea of the bundles I'm glad they're doing them but I wish they would take the advantage of designing the console it would make it just stand out and be more appealing and how hard is it to add a little design to the casing so like I said earlier uh, next up so the Genesis Classic is coming out for the Switch uh, you know over 50 games and the great thing I like about it is you can use split screen local co-op now using individual Joy-Con controllers so that's an added feature I don't know if that's going to be like updated for the other two consoles I, don't, I, haven't, I haven't played them so I don't know if they have split screen local co-op um, but I've been waiting to get it on my Switch anyways so it doesn't really matter to me the other two consoles the only reason why I would get it on the PlayStation 4 is because I hear you can do VR now with it and sit in the room like you're playing the game which would be pretty awesome alright sorry guys getting a little hard to talk I think today's going to be a short podcast. Um, I don't know how much longer I can go. So let's we, we might go through the next couple topics pretty quickly. Um, let's go back to our movie break real quick. So Marvel has said that you know it makes sense that the uh, X-Men universe will be handled under one roof by Marvel. Um, they haven't complete their acquisition of Fox. And they haven't said that's exactly going to happen, but they have mentioned that it makes sense for one company to run the whole Marvel Universe. Uh, I feel like this was obvious. If people at Fox didn't realize that was going to happen, and somehow they're angry about that, I don't see why they'd be angry. It'd be one company, but that's good news for the fans, so... I'm excited to see an X-Men in the in the Avengers or something along those lines. Or just an X-Men movie written and performed at the same level as some of the Marvel movies. Will, will just being part of Marvel make their movies better? No. No one's saying that. But at least there's a better chance that the average X-Men movie will be good versus the differences between um, the Fox is the Fox's Marvel Universe take. Alright, so PlayStation Plus games for September 2018. I came across this article earlier uh, yesterday and I just wanted to talk about it a little bit. Um, I still like how they're releasing PlayStation Plus games for the PS3. Uh, they have two this year, Another World and Cube Director's Cut. Um, but you can also play on the PS4. So I think that's just funny how they're still 
um, releasing games with the PS3. Um, I'm not sure why at this point, but at least it's good support. That uh, makes me hopeful for when the PS5 comes out that the PlayStation Network will still be giving me good games for the PS4. Um, the PS Vita still gets two games, Sparkle 2 and Foul Play, um, but you can also play them on your PS4, so I don't know. Um, I like that, I guess. And the PS4, two big games for the Plus members, Destiny 2 and God of War 3. Um, I don't know if, if they're just hoping that they can turn Destiny 2 into like a Fortnite thing where, you know, get all the PS Plus members a free copy and make money off of how many users you're using. I don't, I'm not sure. But uh, I never played Destiny, so I don't know what to expect. But I'm definitely going to download that game. Uh, the big one, God of War 3 Remastered. I like that. Uh, I beat the first one, and then I had to stop playing because the second one felt just like the first one, so I need to take some time. But I always wanted to play the third one, but I have to play in order. So I'm glad I'll have it now and at some point get to it. Ah. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing that I love about the PlayStation Network and the Xbox Live now is the free games you get because $60 a year and you have a great library of games and there's certain games I would never try it out if it wasn't for the PlayStation Network and I loved it because of it or for Xbox Live as well. Alright. Next up. Uh, speaking of the Xbox Live. Uh, so the Xbox One backwards compatibility has just uh, added two more games. Um, I don't own either one of these games, unfortunately. Uh, Rumble Rose XX and Zone of the Enders HD Collection. Uh, nothing else I can really say. I'm glad that they keep they keep releasing new updates for the new games. Uh, I'm hoping that before the Xbox next Xbox comes out, they don't stop doing these updates, and they get to a point where a lot of like, their top 100 games are all available from the Xbox, um, and then they continually update it, and hopefully the system's set up to where whatever software they're using for emulation is just to port it to the next Xbox, and whatever updates they do on that will automatically work for the uh, Xbox One X as well. Um, or vice versa, if you have the new Xbox, every game that's already been backwards compatibility, it works on the Xbox One X or the Xbox Two as well. That way, if I do upgrade, I don't have to have the two systems again. And hopefully, the next Xbox is backwards compatible with Xbox One, because that would be a shame. All right, since we're talking about the games of gold. Uh, this month's games of gold. Xbox One, Live Lock, For Honor, and Prison Architect. An Xbox 360, Sega Vintage Collection, Monster World. Ooh, I wanted to play that. I'm glad I looked at this one. I didn't want to lose it. Because with the Xbox Ones, you have to download them during that time. Uh, Lego Star Wars 3, The Clone Wars. So, Sega Vintage Collection, The Monster World, that's the one I've been wanting to play. The other ones, I don't really know them, so they're kind of a wash for me. But hey, they're available for this month, so make sure you know you guys go download them while they're free, or else you might miss out. All right. 
Last but not least, but last. Um, so with the Nintendo Online, you can play your NES collection, but you can also get NES controllers now for the Switch. Uh, I like them, but man, $60 for two NES controllers? I am not a big fan of that price. I think I'm going to have to pass because they're only for the NES online games. Uh, what I'm thinking about doing is that they're $60, but you can only use them on the Switch. And they look just like NES controllers, which is cool because I tried playing the uh, NES games with the Joy-Con. I was not having it. It was not fun. The button layout just made it hard to play. Um, so for $60, I'm going to pass. You definitely need a better controller than the Joy-Cons to play NES games on it. But I'm thinking about doing this. They have this 8-bit uh, do. has this f uh, feature where you can buy a DIY kit to mod your NES or SNES controller to be in Bluetooth, wireless, and use the actual hardware of the NES controller by taking out the board inside but keeping all the buttons and it can connect through Bluetooth. So you can use it on Windows, you can use it on Mac, Raspberry Pi, Nintendo Switch, and it has rechargeable batteries. And those are $20 a piece, I believe is the price. Yes, yeah, so for $20 a piece, you get a board that you can just open up your Nintendo or Super Nintendo controller, replace the board inside, and it becomes a Bluetooth wireless controller that you can use on the Switch for $20. So two for $40 versus $60 for two, and you can use you can get an adapter to use it on your PlayStation or NES controller our super regular NES console as well. So I feel like I'm getting more for my value because I can use a wireless controller on my NES if I buy the adapter. The adapter would be extra, I believe. Uh, I wonder, how much is the adapter? Alright, so the adapter is $22. So, I have to look more into that one. But just for the controller, you can get the controller and it works with your switch for forty dollars for two and then later on upgrade so you can play on your NES um, now I like the idea of getting the Super Nintendo controllers and using them that way so that way I can use them on my Super Nintendo my computer more more emulation availability so I would have to pass on the on the Nintendo switch official controllers and go with the 8-bit do I think um, $20 cheaper and I'm using actual NES hardware so it'll feel exactly like I'm playing the NES controller so that's what I'm gonna look into um, I'm probably gonna get one relatively soon just one to start off and uh, see how I like it uh, maybe I'll do a video on on that and see how it plays versus using the joy cons alright guys uh, I think we're gonna call it a night here on this podcast um, 
thanks for listening. Thanks for watching on YouTube. Uh, for you guys who are listening on the podcast, you can check me out at Video Game Archives on my YouTube channel. I do, I upload the podcast in video form, and I do a bunch of other videos like top, uh, my top five games from my childhood for each console, a little bit of video game news, video game plays, uh, video game pickups, yard sale hunting, store hunting, and uh, really whatever I feel like doing for the day just so I can talk about the things I love video games alright guys thanks for listening thanks for watching keep gaming and enjoy the games that you get alright guys have a good night